Hello, welcome to the Jerry's Pond Podcast. I'm Trip Howland. I'll be your host. And if you would like to uh, listen to the Jerry's Pond Podcast to learn how to be a better manager, a better pond broker, a better business owner, we we, uh, would gladly have you as a listener. You can follow us on social media, Trip Jerry's Pond on Instagram, or you can go to our website at www.jerryspawn.com Welcome to the Jerry's Pond Podcast. My name's Trip Allen and I'll be your host where we teach you how to become a better pawnbroker, a better salesperson, and how to do better jewelry repairs. Join us on the Jerry's Pond Podcast where we help you perfect your craft. We'll do a show rundown and give you the latest news and what's going on in the National Pawnbrokers Association in the world of pawnbroking. We'll help you with anything that you've got problems with. We'll discuss future and existing things going on in the industry. We'll also be able to interview people that are stars in our industry. We are always out trying to promote a better image for the pawn industry. Join us on today's episode and learn more about pawnbroking. Let's get started. Good morning, Jerry's Pond Podcast on Monday morning. It's a beautiful day today and a little bit of a show rundown. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, GOP and the rate cap bill and where you can find information about that. Also, the NPA website, you can go on and register for a peer mentoring group. Um, they got one group started so far. I'm sure they're going to have more others. It's 25 people per group. Uh, you'll be talking with 25 other industry professionals. I'm sure they're going to pair everybody up with kind of their region, their area. That way people can actually get together in person. You know, all these guys and all these other gals out there in the pawnbroken world, they've got some kind of niche they do they've got tricks and stuff that they do in their shops and if we all start sharing ideas together especially if we're not in the same market when you know we're not doing the same thing right across the street from our competitor uh, we all can benefit from it so if we're not direct competitors why don't we all band together and try to make everything better for everybody and put out a good word for the pawnbrokers of America. Put out a good word for the pawnbrokers of the world. Put out a good image for the pawnbrokers association and the pawn, the pawn shops in general. You know, Hollywood gives us such a bad name. It's something we always talk about. We always revert back to how bad of an image that they, you know, portray for Hollywood and stuff. I mean, you know, even Men in Black, this fun little film with Will Smith. Where do they go when they're looking for some underground stolen merchandise? Uh, What's going on in the world of the underground? They go straight to the pawn shop. 
So that bad image that's been promoted for years and years and years and portrayed through Hollywood <clears throat> and everywhere else. Let's change that. Let's make, you know, the pawn shop the focal point of the communities. Some some communities, they are a bigger part of the community than you would really understand or, or regular people would understand. I mean, you got your people that love pawn shops, and then you got your people that think pawn shops are a nasty word. Well, let's change their mind about it. And that's one of our focuses on the Jerry's Pond podcast to let the business owners and the sales associates and the pawnbrokers of the world let them know that, hey, if you do a little bit and the next guy does a little bit and the next girl does a little bit and the next gal does a little bit, we can all change the image of the industry. And we don't have to be that taboo place where all they do is fence stolen goods because we all know if we're in the industry that that is not what we do. We're not about stolen goods. We don't want to fence your stolen stuff. You know, we don't want your stolen stuff because what's it going to do? It's going to cost us money. So today on the episode, let's go through a couple things about uh, if you want to become part of the National Pawnbrokers Association in the leadership role, they're having a uh, meeting on September 26th or September 28th. Uh, you can join in via Zoom, but the meeting, I believe, is going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, you can find out more information on the NPA website, and that's www.npa.org. One other thing you can find on the NPA website is the GOP toolkit. The GOP toolkit will help you get in touch with your senators, your House of Representatives, all your congressmen at a local, state, and at a federal level to get behind and in front of the rate cap bills or the storage laws or what other kind of whatever else other kind of laws that they might implicate, you know, try to implement that they might try to implement to hurt our industry. So this, you know, get your toolkit, find out what you need to do, start writing some letters Start promoting that good image for the pawn shops and you know, and let the senators know, hey, we do a service for our community members, your constituents, people that are casting votes for you. And that way that you can help protect our industry, you can help protect our customers. Yes, the rate cap bill seems like it would help the customer, but in the long run, it's going to hurt the customer. Because if you if you look through the rundown of somebody pledges an item for $150 with a 3% rate, you're looking at $4.50 in uh, interest or storage fee or however your state uh, writes it out on your tickets. But what that's going to do is going to hurt the pawnbroker and the, and the pawn shop so bad that they're going to end up shutting their door. So that individual that can't get credit at the bank, that can't just, you know, write a check and it bounces and the ready credit kicks in, 
or they don't have the option to pull out a piece of plastic and run an electric bill because they're past due and it's about to get cut off and the babies aren't going to have no air conditioner in 100 degree weather they won't have the option to come down and pawn that diamond ring or that shotgun or that tv or whatever other item that they're used to pledging and getting that 150 dollars to make them through you know it's it's a service that we provide to the community we provide it to uh, certain demographics we provide it to but we also cater to so many more people. That's what I love about the pawn business. You know, you can be dealing with a regular working guy one minute, and then the next minute you can be dealing with judges or senators or or anything can walk through your door, you know. And we've seen from Pawn Stars all the crazy stuff out there, the neat stuff out there that's actually out there. And people have that stuff, and they do. And and, you know, people get older and it's a, just a fact of life that people pass on. But those treasured things that they've held on to all their life, you know, they might have met John F. Kennedy one day and got his autograph or things like that. That stuff, it'll surface. It'll all surface. And where is it going to surface at? Usually when somebody who don't have a sentimental tie to it after a person passes they'll end up surfacing it at the pawn shop, trying to figure out what it's worth. You know, how can they do some research on it? What can they get for it is usually the question. You know, that's the thing. Uh, as younger kids that don't have the appreciation for some things that their grandparents or parents might have had a great appreciation for as they uh, transition to becoming the new head of family if you you know might say they'll be looking to either get rid of that stuff or they'll be sentimental about it and they knew that grandpa always talked about this and it was one of his pride and joy things and they just want to know what it's worth because they've heard about it and seen it sitting somewhere all their life but they don't know anything about its value in today's market so you can help them in a lot of ways and, you know, just finding out what it's worth, doing some research, pointing them in the right direction, or be like Rick from Pond Stars and, you know, get an uh, expert involved. Because as pawnbrokers, we're probably jack of a lot of trades and, uh, you know, experts of a, a few, but we're not experts at everything. You know, I don't know a whole lot about art and books and coins, stuff like that things that we see come in the shop every now and then, but you got to have somebody to call. I mean, we all got Google out there and that's made the world a difference in the, in the world of pawnbroking and eBay has kind of set the market for the prices on everything. But you know, we, we all have a lot of resources and we just need to take advantage of all those resources. And that's a service that we can do for our customers. You know, and, and there's always an angle that we can work to make a little bit of money on it. And it's not really getting over on anybody. You're doing a service for them. That's just like uh, a gemologist, somebody who's a certified gemologist, and they're able to give appraisals for insurance purposes or just for the value of knowing what you got. You know, they, they do a service for people and they make money off doing that service. You know, a, a good appraisal will run you anywhere from 
65 to a couple hundred dollars. It's just depending on how detailed the person is, how, how their report comes across and how professional it is. You know, we were sending our stuff off to uh, one of the MPA friends and they were sending us back the whole rundown on a little laminated business card type situation with a picture of the diamond, a picture of all where the flaws were, picture of any kind of inclusions, uh, color rating, the exact weight of the diamond, along with the color and the carrot and the quality, you know, all that stuff makes a difference. And it sure makes a difference when your customer's making a big purchase and you can hand them this and they can go right to their homeowner's insurance and they can say, hey, look, I just bought my wife, you know, it's our 10th anniversary. I just bought her a $7,000 ring at the pawn shop and uh, it came with an appraisal for 15000 and I need to get it insured because you never know what's going to happen in this crazy world. You know, we, we want to have the best faith in humanity. Um, I see restoredness in humanity every day that, you know, we, we come out of a pandemic where people don't trust everybody. I mean, we're not even wanting to touch anybody anymore, much less you know, being able to be up close and personal with people. So the restored faith in humanity, you know, we went through a, a, or we're still really going through an opioid epidemic. A lot of stuff was getting gone, getting missing. You know, if you got your stuff insured, it just makes you sleep a little better at night, knowing that those things of value to you will be able to be replaced or taken care of. And, you know, there's some things that can't be replaced. You know, there's some things I've lost in my life that made me think things are not as valuable as I thought they were or things that I put value on don't have that much value. And then there's things that I took for granted that I miss and wish I could have back. You know, there's a lot of things in my life that uh, I've devalued that should have been really valued, like family and, you know, friends and customers and things that I took advantage of and, and took for granted that I should have took and, and you know, gave it a lot more thought than what I gave it. So, you know, nothing else. If you listen to my podcast, you listen to Jerry's Pond podcast, and it just makes you think. That's kind of my goal. My goal is to promote a better image for the pond industry, help other business owners think outside the box. You know, we we uh, do that daily grind. We get tired. We get down. You know, we're tired of our employees not listening to what we're doing or we're tired of our manager not coming in on time or whatever the situation is or money's tight or you know, you had this go on or this go on or, man, they busted my window again. Well, just don't give up. Don't give up. Keep marching forward. Remember to smile. Remember that there's always something out there to smile about. So thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Uh, on Instagram, it's Trip Jerry's Pond. And then on Facebook, Trip Howland, Jerry's Pond Podcast page. You can visit us on our website, www.jerryspondpodcast.org, or you can email me directly at 
www. Oh, no. Trip at jerryspawnpodcast.org. That's trip at jerryspawnpodcast.org. Here shortly, the podcast will be introducing a banter uh, button on our website to where you can directly text me and, and give me show ideas. Or if you want somebody interviewed or you want to be interviewed yourself, you can text me directly from through our website. Or if you want to ask questions or anything you want us to talk about or find out about, you know, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I haven't been in the pawn industry my whole life. I've been a knucklehead, and I've been in and out of things, and but I've been around it my whole life. And my dad's been in it for almost 50 years, and uh, I can find out the answer for you. I know some other industry professionals that I can go to and ask questions, and there's a few other people out there that uh, I can reach out to and try to get you an answer. One thing that uh, we're starting at Jerry's Pond is we're doing the the retail doc. Bob Phipps is his name. We're doing implementing his training, and I'm really excited about it. I've listened to a couple lessons myself. I know we're going to get some pushback from our employees. It's kind of standard. You know, everybody resists change at first, but once they embrace it and they understand it, they'll understand that it's a change for the better. You know, the company that I worked for, there was a transition where the owner gave the reins over to a general manager and the general manager came in and he made a lot of changes and it it was kind of corporate type changes and standardization and there wasn't nobody going around him to go to the owner and then the owner given three different answers for the same question. So they got the consistency. That's a big thing in business. You need to have a chain of command. You need to have consistency. There's a reason why the military works. There's a reason why there's a a private and a sergeant and a, you know, a first sergeant and a sergeant major and a captain. There's just a reason why there's a chain of command. It works, you know. And you don't have to be the old stern. I grew up and was trained to be the old stern uh, manager or, you know, authority figure. And if people didn't do it, you just, you know, fuss them out and they they either do it or hit the road. Well, you know, that my whole management style had to change, especially with today's youth, today's young Americans, the young, young professionals of the world. They're not gonna. They're not gonna respond well to the old school tactics that that I grew up with. You know, their work ethic isn't like ours. It isn't like the people my age. You know, our work ethic was: you get up and you put your boots on, and don't matter what's going on, you you head through it. You get through your day, and you get things accomplished, and you you know you go home at night and and you do it again the next day. <laughs> Today's youth. Today's young professionals, they don't look at things the same. You know, when I was a kid, there wasn't no such thing as a participation trophy. And, you know, the generation, younger generations below me, they grew up with stuff like that. So they need that pat on the back. You know, if I make a mistake and, and or if I do something right, you know, I don't need somebody to say, oh, man, you did a great job. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. But... 
I've had to learn that my employees need that. And it's cha- it's had to make me change my whole management style. Um, and, and then there's some other things I'll go over in a different show about management styles. I mean, you've got your different styles of managers. Uh, you got your empathetic manager, you know, people that sympathize with your employees and, and let people run over you. And then you've got your hard nose, kind of like your drill sergeant type uh, manager that don't take no crap and people are scared of them. They, they manage by fear. And then you've got your people that are easygoing, but uh, not passive. They're easygoing, but they're not passive. And, and in today's world, I've found that you kind of got to be all five different types of manager styles. There's just no, there's no one right way. You have to you know, assess each situation, but you have to be able to adjust and change on the fly. And you can't just be one way and expect it to work for all employees. I mean, I have employees that I treat differently and it's not differently as far as what I would do or how I would do it, but it's how I approach them. Uh, if it's like, you, you know, like a spouse that you've got or, or a significant other you got, you know, sometimes you just got to pick and choose your battles. And as long as a person is being uh, professional, they have the enthusiasm and the professionalism and, you know, you can you can correct mistakes and you can have people do things right. You know, there's some things that you just can't tolerate. I mean, there's some things that they'll never be tolerated. I mean, theft by employee, you know, you just got to get rid of that bad seed. But, you know, they make a mistake. Uh, they don't handle a situation right or they don't handle something with a customer right or, or you know, they, they got upset. You never know. Talk to them. Find out what's really going on in their head. They might have been scared. You never know. They might have been intimidated by that customer. Maybe their only reaction was that natural defense mechanism that we all have in our primitive brain, the flight or fight. That might not be in the only situation or only way they seen out. So, you know, I encourage you to take 10 minutes, 10 minutes, pull an employee off to the side. Best thing to do is take half hour, an hour, take them out to lunch, get them off of campus, get them out of the store, sit them down. Don't talk about business. Don't talk about what's going on in the store, why this person did that, or why why your number's not where they're supposed to be. Talk about them. Find out who they are. Every one of us in the pawn industry out there, we're a salesperson of some form or fashion. And we're all all salespeople in life. I mean... (laughs) You know, you've got to sell your idea to your spouse if you want to go out on a girl's night, right? They got to get them on board with it. So you got to put it on and sell it. Oh, I got to put it on thick for my husband. I got to figure out what I'm going to do so I can let, you know, get him to be okay with me going out for a girl's night. We're all selling something in this world. Just how you choose to sell it is the way uh, that, that it gets the results that you're looking for. But you need to genuinely find out about your employees. Sit down and talk to them. Hey, how are you doing? Is everything okay at home? Are you okay? Is there anything you want to talk about? Don't pry into their lives. Most of the time, if you'll just open up and be in a, you know, a safe environment, people will volunteer a lot of information. That's something that Jerry taught me is, you know, it's better 
to have the two ears and the one mouth because you'll learn a whole lot if you don't just keep flapping your gums and, and, and over-talking somebody. But if you'll just be quiet and listen, you can pick up on so many things. And a good prompt broker knows this. I mean, when you walk up to the counter with something and it's not yours, instead of jumping up there and say, oh, yeah, man, I know all about this and let me test it out. No, you, you let them show you. How's this work? Well, if they spent a couple hundred dollars on an item, you better believe that they went home and they figured out how it works. So they'll be able to show you all the features. And if they don't, if it's a new item tool, they might not be able to show you all the features, but there's one cool feature about it that they do know. That's the reason they bought it in the first place. And they'll be able to show you that. And then they'll be, and then, then they'll be honest with you and they'll tell you some things that you know you, you want to know. And I just bought this thing, but I'm in a bind. I shouldn't have spent the money. Uh, here's the cool reason I bought it. I, I know how that works, but I, I got to figure out the rest of it. I just need to borrow a little bit of money until I can come back and get it. Yet that's all things that you'll find out from a customer when they come up to the counter. If you'll just let them talk, just let them talk. One of the common mistakes in a sale is not connecting with that customer. As a customer's going to walk if you don't connect with them on some kind of personal level, some kind of break the ice level. <laughs> and as we go through this training, I'm going through the manager part of it now. As we go through the, the manager part of it and as we go through the rest of it, I'll give you guys some tips and tricks and a little insight to Bob Phipps' retail doc training. Uh, we're doing the online version of it. Loving it right now. And it's not an infomercial for Bob Phipps' retail doc. It's not an info for sales RX at all. It's uh it's just something that we're doing and really on board with it. Really think it's gonna be a great thing. Uh and it it, it all it all goes back to basics. Uh, you old school pawnbrokers and salespeople out there, if you've been in the sales industry. You know, there's some basic things that were taught, you know, Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins and uh, Grant Cardone. They didn't invent a lot of this stuff. A lot of this stuff is basics. I mean, it started back in the carpetbagger days when you had guys going door to door, town to town, selling elixirs and and stuff like that way back in the Wild West days. I mean, all this salesperson tactics, all this sales tactics are basic stuff. It's just we have to adapt it to our changing world. We're always changing. Speaking of changes, you know, this pandemic, it's changed our whole market strategy. It really showed us that online is viable, but there's still a need for the brick and mortar. There's still a need for the brick and mortar. Even the younger generation, yeah, they'll do 150 researches online before they ever get to your door, but they still came into your store for a reason. They came in because they want to touch it, they want to feel it, they want to see it, and they want to walk out with it. So we've got the people that are patient and we've got the people that don't want to leave home and they don't want to be out and they'll order it. They'll order it off Amazon. 
or they'll order it off your website. So if you're doing the Instagrams and the Facebook marketplaces and the TikToks and and all that, uh, they'll they'll order from you. I mean that's a that's an angle that a new angle that all pawn shops need to be utilizing. They need to be embracing technology. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of old school pawn shops out there. I mean, I I seen a pawn shop not too long ago that was still handwriting tickets. I mean, come on, man. It's 2021. We've been, you know, doing tickets on computers for years. I mean, it's, it's you got to get with the technology. I mean, it's cool that they still doing it. And, you know, they, they might be starting out. I don't know the whole history of the pawn shop. I just noticed that they were still handwriting tickets or it just started and, and we're handwriting tickets. But thank you for joining us today on the Jerry Spawn podcast. Just some food for thought. Just a little bit of um, things, tidbits, just to get you to think. Um, we'll be doing some more structured shows here soon. I know I've been promising you listeners all this new stuff that's coming. There's a lot of new things on the horizon. Uh, personally, been going through a lot of stuff. I tell you, I've uh, had some stuff going on with my mouth. I wasn't able to talk, so my episode is getting recorded a little bit late this week, but it'll still go out on time. Uh, we still got uh, a lot of things exciting and coming up, so just give us a give us a chance, give us a listen. If you see us on your social media feed or uh, on your LinkedIn feed, give us a chance, give us a listen. There might be something that you can learn. What do you got to lose? Thank you for listening to the Jerry's Pond Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. Instagram is Trip Jerry's Pond on Facebook, Jerry's Pond Podcast page. And then we are on uh, the website is www.jerryspondpodcast.org. Or you can email me directly at trip at jerryspond.org. Hit us up. Changes will be happening to the show. We really appreciate it, and y'all have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Jerry's Pond Podcast. If you'd like to follow us on social media, my Instagram is tripjerryspond. My email address to give us a shout out and drop us a line or send us some information about what you'd want on the show www.trip at jerryspondpodcast.org and jerry is spelled with one r so j-e-r-y-s p-a-w-n p-o-d-c-a-s-t dot o-r-g jerryspondpodcast.org or follow me on Facebook. It's Trip Howland. Fayetteville or Myrtle Beach would be the city to put behind it. Uh, I should identify with both. And also, uh, I have a Facebook page. Jerry's Pond Podcast is on Facebook. So search us out. Find us. I'll be adding links in the website for all this stuff. But follow us on social media and y'all have a great day.